Well, we're going to continue in some worship uh, at the end of our gathering, but I just want to take some time to bring the word to you this morning and we'll respond in worship. This is our our series, Songs in the Key of Life. Again, we love this series. We're so tickled about this series. We think it's so fun because here's the idea. The idea is is that that these songs that we grew up with, they're songs that impact us on the radio today. Uh, Radio, do you listen to the radio? This... that those things touch some core longings inside. There's core longings that get touched with this music because music kind of bypasses the intellect in a certain way that kind of grabs us and captures us with some truths that are in there. And you know, God's the author of all that truth. And, and what's happening is, is that God's getting in touch with us. When we hear one of those songs, God's getting us in touch with one of our core longings that he, in the end, listen church, is the answer to. Like, that's the whole deal. Like, we get, in, we get in touch with that longing. We're like, oh, that's a longing for God. And his word teaches that. And then the church's poets and musicians have led us in worship toward those truths. So we get to worship in response to it. So that's what we're going to do again today. We're going to talk about these things. Here's one of the things that I've been fascinated with around music. And I love music. I love music. All my life, I've been fascinated around the concept that, that there's music that has a person's name in it, Right? Now, if I asked you to brainstorm, you could come up with all kinds of names of songs, songs that, that, that highlight a man or a woman. Like, somebody have one? Somebody have a name for a song? The... Oh, my gosh. Louis Louie. What was sweet? What? Sweet Caroline. Roxanne. We heard Roxanne the other night at MCCU. Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's ton of them. And every one of those was a female's name, by the way. Is that true? You got any male names? Timothy? What? J- uh, uh, Louis Louis, you're right. I heard Louis Louis, that's right, that's a man's name. J- hey, Jude. Judy, Judy, Judy. Yeah, Jude and b- 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 Benny and the Jets. That's a woman, I think. Yeah. Here's a couple. I got, I, got, I got a little bit of a medley, a little mashup for us, so uh, feel free to sing along if you. But I got a lot of intros because you'll kind of just even hear in the beginning of this music. Go ahead, you guys. Let's start playing a couple of. So dumb. All right. So good. I love it how all these songs that we just sing through our life. I actually had a list of like 15 and I totally enjoyed playing them all. Can you tell I enjoyed it? I enjoyed all of this. We didn't do Lola, 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 Lola. I mean, there's just so many songs like that where somehow in the midst of the depths of our core, core being, we're sort of like, I want to I want to cry out to this person who might give me life. If you heard some of the words of that song, I got one more. It's a video. I want you to see this video. This is the tradition that happens at the Red Sox ballpark. Do you know this? That every single baseball game, they sing of Sweet Caroline, and 30,000 people join in together. You got to see this. All right, so there we go. Yeah, you did it. You joined right into that. I think that one is the most fascinating for me because it does tap into that human thing that all together... It's like this group sing. Where do people ever do a group sing to the glory of this woman's name except at a baseball game in church? Like those are the only two places where that can possibly happen. I know I belabored the point, but if you went back and looked at every one of them, you'd see words like this in the lyrics. Sweet Caroline, good times never seem so good. Look at the longing that this would be the person who would bring us life who would bring me and my heart happiness and joy that I'm longing for. I'd be inclined to believe they never would, but now I look at the night, it won't seem so lonely. We fill it up with only two. Like I can face anything 
with Caroline. And when I hurt, hurting runs off my shoulders. How can I hurt? when I'm holding you, right? This is the longing that we would be rescued, that we would come to this person and that they would fulfill all of our longings. This longing, you guys, that she is our hope, Caroline or Billie Jean or, or, uh, or Layla or uh, Mandy, that, that they would be the person that would make me happy, that would bring me life. This is built in this, this, from our first crushes, from the very first Winnie and Kevin from the wonder years, right? I mean, this, from the very beginning, it's built in that if you look at that show, it's a brilliant show because in all that's going on, you know, episode one, he's at the dinner table dealing with his crush over Winnie, but the world is broken all around them. And he's hoping, longing with all the confusion and his dad who's angsty in suburban life and Winnie who lost her brother in Vietnam and all of the pain in the world that they're looking to one another that you can make life worth living. We're looking for the person, our core human longing is looking for the person who would, we'd be able to say to them, you complete me, right? I mean, that was a dumb line from the 90s, but man, oh man, did it resonate with all of us. That's in each of us, that longing. So here's the core longing. Here's the core longing that gets in touch that we would sing all together about a stranger's name. That core longing is that we would long for someone that we can call on to save us. That's what's happening here. It's a longing that's well attested to in human history. It is a longing built in that is actually a longing for God and for Jesus, his savior. And the scriptures tell of this redemptive story, the power of calling on the name of God and the beautiful name of the savior. That's what's happening in here. That that longing would be that God has called us to say, yes, there is someone you can call on. And even though we as human beings all through the world have named other names that we try to call on, this has always been about a core longing for God. We're looking for that person who will bring life and will save us. That's why it's so beautiful and so powerful to sing those songs. Ah, the longing in that. What's in a name? So what's in the name? We want to talk about the name a little bit as we tap into this longing and, and what scriptures teach about it. In Jewish thought, a name was much less sort of a label that we put on, but it's more of a descriptor, right? You know this, you've heard of this. It's about, it's about one's character. It's about one's purpose. It's about one's, the memories that we hold of a person and our, all of their interactions and all of our encounters with them. A name had substance and had meaning. And, and, and even just this idea of when the name was evoked, all that we knew about that por- person, all that we had... Um, uh, taken in from our interactions with that person. All of the, the, um, the feelings that we had about the person would come back. I mean, you know this experience on a human level. When somebody, when you hear the name of your first boyfriend or girlfriend, it still has a little thing inside, doesn't it? Isn't that funny? Like just hearing the name, it's flooded with all of the memories and all the joys and hopes that you put into that relationship. And that's what the names are about in Scripture. The names all have meaning in Scripture. Abraham means the father of a great multitude. Eve means living, because she's the mother of all that's living. Adam, do you know what Adam means? It means man. He's man, she's whoa, man. And God gave himself a name. 
See, this is where this longing is coming from. God's saying, there's a name for you to put your hope in. There's a name for you to long for. God gave himself a name. Look at the scriptures in Exodus chapter three. This is the context as he's talking with Moses. He's calling Moses to set his people free. Now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people to uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, whoa, you know, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And he goes on to ask God in this question. He says, so suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say, what's his name? Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What are you talking about? Who is this God that you're talking about? And what shall I tell them, Moses says. When they say, what is his name? What shall I tell them? And God to this point had not identified himself other than this this divine God, the the great God, the creator God. But God said to Moses, verse, verse 14, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God has given himself a name in Exodus 3 that will be his name. He goes on to say in this passage, and that name you will go on and call me that name for all generations. This is my name. And what was his name again, friends? I am. This is is a play, that, that name is a play on the verb to be. And we've taught in this other places. We don't have time to go dive too deeply into it this morning. But God says, listen, this is the name. Your core longing is that there would be one on whom you could call that would bring you rescue. This is your core longing. And I am. I am it. This is like God saying, my name is I am it, period. And later we see that expanded in worship to see the God who is and who, who was and who is and who is to come. This is the God who exists. This is the truth. God gives himself this name, the I am. And then it's no surprise that Jesus, who was God in flesh, in Greek Jesus, Yeshua, means God saves. The I am saves. The I am, better translation actually is, you know when people go, what's Jesus mean? Both in Greek and and then in Hebrew, Jesus' name means Yahweh, the I am, rescues. Is that not cool? Jesus, God, they are those, they are the names that we call on to rescue us. In fact, in this idea of Jesus inhabiting all of that and the name of Jesus himself, there's this text in in, uh, Philippians chapter two that's proclaiming the idea of Jesus' identity. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. And then this verse, it's so familiar, but don't miss it, friends. Let's look at the words. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place because he's the savior. He is God in flesh, and so God has given him the highest place. Second line, verse nine. And gave him, what is it? Say it with me. The name that is above every name. So interesting that that's what, how it would be characterized. When the Savior has come, it wasn't like, wow, here's a God of power. Here's Jesus of power. Here's the, here's the Savior of the world. It wasn't just that. It was that God gave him the name. There's something about the name because our core longing is to call on the one the personal one, the one that we could know who would rescue us. Do you see why name would be so significant in the scriptures? Isn't that beautiful? 
So God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Wow. At the name of Jesus. Jesus' name being spoken, being proclaimed. Jesus' name in whatever language Jesus' name gets spoken in. In Hebrew, Yeshua, Joshua, He, Yahweh, the one who is, rescues. That when that name is spoken, when that message is given to every human being who in the core of their heart is longing for one on whom we can call to save us. That when his name is spoken, the knees bow. Is that beautiful? Because he's the one. He's the I am. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. To the glory of God the Father, the name Jesus proclaims all of that truth that we were created to long for one who would save us on whom we can call. And he's the name. Yahweh saves. And so we speak his name. There's something so powerful about his name. And the, and the worship leaders got into this early on in the life of the church. In every generation, they gave us appropriate language to that core longing that there was a name, that Jesus' name is what we called on, that, Jesus, that there was power in Jesus' name. If you Google songs about the name, there will be 150 entries about Jesus before you get to my Sharia more and Roxanne. Because the Christians are like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not co-opting that. That's the core longing. And there's power in his name. That's why I titled my sermon, uh, 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 what did I call it? I forget. Something about the beautiful name. But there's a song, there's something about that name is in, like every generation has a worship song or a hymn called There's Something About That Name. And I love it because there's a question about it. It's like there's a mystery about it. There's something more than just, oh, well, God did this whole salvation thing and it's really cool and, and the, guy's happened, the Savior's name happened to be Jesus. There's more than that. There's something about the name, which is the character and the purpose and all of the memories. It's the personal one on whom we can call you with me. You get what I'm saying here, how beautiful this is? There's something about that name. There's a Gaither, there's a Gaither song that's awesome that's about this, but you got to go old school uh, Southern gospel to be able to listen to it and deal with it. There's Kirk Franklin, who does, with Rance Allen, who does a full-orbed, like, contemporary black gospel version of this that I would recommend all 12 minutes on YouTube. It is incredible. But it's, there's something about that name. In every generation, there's been a song about that because of the memories, because of our interactions, because of the character, because of how personal he is. I've shared this story with you before, this idea there's something about the name. My first spiritual director as a young pastor was an older pastor. He was 72, but I think at the time, I thought he was like 99. Like the guy was just ancient. And that's why I was drawn to him because it just was this tempering influence to my young buck, know-it-all, go-get-it, like, wah! And we were walking one day outside his house on the Greenbelt. He lived in Davis, and I was living in South Sacramento. And we were walking on the Greenbelt outside his house. And he said, well, if there's something I learned, and we're walking together, he said, if there's, you know, if there's something I've learned about Jesus that I, and then he stopped. And I, was, I continued walking. I looked back, and I realized he had stopped. And, and since he was 99, I thought maybe he was having a little stroke or something. <laughs> so I, I go back, and I stand next to him, and he's standing there. 
And uh, there's this long pause. And he said, he just repeated it again, Jesus. I just, I just mention his name and, and it causes me to pause. And it was just some conversation. He just said, Jesus. And then he stopped. And then, he, and then I, I looked at him. He said, what? And he said, Jesus. And then he stood on this green belt as we were in the middle of conversation with another human being. And he just went, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, there's something about that name. And in the middle of a conversation with another human being, he was lost in a worship moment. Because there was something about that name in his 72 years of walking in intimacy and through pain and trial. His journey was not an easy one, friends. The name upon whom he could call for rescue was so dear to him that he couldn't mention it without tripping and stopping and becoming emotional. And he began to weep on the bike path. And he said, there's something that name. Oh, Jesus. I love your name, Jesus. And I've never yet told that story without being emotional because I remember being 25 going, I want to be that man. I want that kind of history of calling on the one name that brings life. Our worship leaders have led us into that. We're going to have a worship experience in just a couple of minutes where there's other phrases, there's other lines in these songs that you'll recognize what a beautiful name it is. Yours is the name above all names. We're going to sing a song called Forever Rain that reflects on this powerful salvation story and the the power and the majesty of God and it ends with a bridge. It doesn't end with a bridge of like, so you're great, so you're great, so you're great. It ends with a bridge of response that says, my heart will sing of no other name. I literally at Fenway Park had the experience of singing with everybody, Caroline, bum, 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 and putting my arms around strangers and doing the whole thing. But in my heart, I thought to myself, what an empty proclamation because my people put our arms around each other and sing of no other name. That's all fun and games and silliness, but man, my heart was made to sing of Yahshua, God who saved. That's what we do. So that core longing, that sweet longing is about getting to this place of singing about no other name. The core longing, we long for someone who we can call on to save us. And God has made the way. We call on the name of Jesus. In short version, a couple of, couple of points just to run through. We call on a name that rescues us. That's Jesus. That's why it's so beautiful, that idea that his name literally means Yahweh, the I am rescues. We call on a name that rescues us. There's a verse in Acts 4.12, look at this. For salvation is found, the early apostles were preaching after the resurrection of Christ. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name. There's no other name. That's where the worship leader got that song. By the way, when you listen to worship music and you watch worship music, dig into the scriptures and find where these brilliant poets are getting this language. It's God's revealed word. That's why it's so powerful. I have so much respect for worship leaders who've been in the word. So somebody who ended that song, Forever Rain, with my heart will sing no other name. 
They've got this Acts 4.12 in their head. There's no other name. There's no other name under heaven given to humankind by which we must be saved. He's the one name. We call on a name that rescues us. Friends, you think about the image of the disciples' story of being on the boat and the storm and they realize that their lives are a mess and they're absolutely going to be spit up, chewed up and spit out by life. And in, in, in this sense, it's in a form of a storm that's capsizing their boat. And they look and remember what Jesus is doing? He's sleeping. And they say to him, don't you care if we drown? Wake up. Don't you care if we drown? And Jesus, of course, was using that as an object lesson for his followers to say, you call on me. You wake me up. Of course I care, and you won't drown. And he speaks, and the wind and the waves obey. We call on a name that rescues us because he's a God who rescues. He's a God who does not leave the one and go after the 99. He will never abandon us. Do you, friends, have you called on his name? Do you call on his name? This is my, my infamous joke about 100 days of prayer in a row. Just get on your knees and cry out to, the, to Jesus for what it is you, do you need rescuing. Have you needed rescuing from your sin and a life of separation from God, which you were not created to be? You were created to be with him. Have you called out on him to rescue you and bring you to a place of salvation, of a relationship with Jesus? Salvation's found in no one else. Not God the deity. Not your own efforts. There's no other philosophy. But he made a way that we would call in the name of Jesus and be saved, be forgiven and rescued into a relationship with God. Salvation is found in no one else. We call in a name that rescues us. Have you called and been rescued? We call in a name that heals and transforms us. That's Jesus' name. A name that heals and transforms us. We're being changed, friends. We're being transformed by him with ever-increasing glory, the scriptures say. We're, 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 we're moving from glory to glory. We're these glorious creations of God, but he's transforming us more and more into the likeness of his son. That's life's journey, or that's what it should be. But the name of Jesus is what transforms us. Peter and John in this early Acts chapter, we read that, that Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 12 verse in, in chapter 3, and then in a couple verses earlier uh, than the one I read you in chapter 4, they're, they're preaching after the resurrection of Christ, and they've healed somebody, two different circumstances, one in chapter 3, one in chapter 4, they've healed somebody, and they basically say to the crowd, why are you looking at us? Why are you looking at us so funny? Like, why does this surprise you? And this is a verse in John, or Acts 3.16, it says, by faith... In the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him. There's power in the name. And our, our life journey to be changed more and more into the likeness of his son, to who we were created to be, the full potential of the Lisa-ness that you are, or the Jerry-ness of you are, or the Tim-ness of who you are, that comes through the transformation of the Holy Spirit. And the scriptures proclaim that that healing power comes through the name and faith in Jesus. Why would it be so specific about the name? 
because our core longing is, is that there is one personal, true Savior on whom we can call. And the scriptures keep begging us, have you called on him? He's your hope. We call on a name that transforms us. Are you changing? Are you growing? Do you need breakthrough, church? Do you need healing? Do you need the power of God to come meet you and make something new out of what was? That power is found nowhere else beside the name of Jesus. And so we call on a name that heals and transforms us. And last I see in the scriptures that we call on a name that brings us meaning and joy. We call on a name that brings us meaning and joy. John 1 uh, just explains this beautiful idea of Jesus coming. Says, there's one verse in there that says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed what? In his name. He gave the right to become children of God. He made us his children. That's aligning ourselves with our true purpose. That we're created by him, for him, to serve him and live for him, to be taken care of by him, to own his family name, to walk in the family business. This is our purpose. And Jesus goes on in other places in the scriptures. Look at John 14, John 16, where he says, listen, if you ask in my what? name, I'll give you anything you ask for. And listen, he goes, and your joy will be complete. Meaning, you'll, you'll be who you were intended to be. You'll experience the life that I've given you to experience. It's all in the name of Jesus. And so our longing that there is someone, there's a name upon whom we can call that will save us, that will bring us life. That longing is satisfied in Christ. I'm going to have the band come out. We're going to do a little bit, bit of worship here as we conclude, sing some of those songs that I alluded to because we're going to lean into this truth because church, out of that long medley, you're like, how many songs is he going to play and is Hannah really going to dance all hour? That was all about saying there's so many names in our lives that we'll try calling on to bring us life. There's so many straws that we'll grasp that we call on to try to give us salvation that we'll try to rescue ourselves with, but there's only one name. And it's Jesus. And his name is the name that is above every other name. And in his name we bow every knee, heaven and earth and every and under the earth, and every tongue will confess. He's the one. Yeshua rescues. And he's the Lord. So it's left to us, church, to respond to him and to call on his name. To whom are you calling? He's life. And have I said it before? I have to stick my toes over the edge to tell you. And he's at the end of all of your longing. He's the answer. And so while we would rise together with 30,000 people and sing of sweet Caroline, we rise together week after week together with God's people and proclaim the one name that brings salvation. And so let's cry out to him together as a church and worship. Let's stand together.